Welcome back to HebrewPod101.com. I'm Shira. Welcome to All About Lesson 9, Top 5 Important Dates During the Israeli Calendar Year. And I'm Amir again. There's a big bonus to making Israel your adopted culture, because you get to celebrate so many great holidays. That's right. There are a lot of exciting celebrations in Israel. In this lesson, we're going to learn about five important dates that are very special days for Israelis. Our first set of important dates are two days that are related to the statehood of Israel. So the most important date for Israel is Yom Ha'atzma'ut, the Israeli Independence Day. And it's preceded by Yom HaZikaron, Remembrance Day, another extremely important date for Israelis. And because these two dates complement each other, we've paired them together. It's so special to remember those who died for our country and then the next day celebrate the birthday of this amazing country. Yom Ha'atzma'ut falls on or around the fifth day of the Jewish month of Yal, which is usually in April or May. Some years it's moved around a bit so that it doesn't fall on a Shabbat. Yom HaZikaron begins the preceding evening with the siren and special remembrance services. The sounding of the siren is such a powerful moment. When it happens, everyone stops what they're doing, stands up until the siren stops, and remembers those who died for Israel's freedom. Even on busy highways, you'll see people pull over, get out of their cars, and stand in remembrance. The siren is sounded again the next day as well. For me, it's one of the most powerful moments of the whole year. And that is why it's so fitting that Yom Ha'atzmaut will follow it. It's a natural progression from remembering to celebrating our independence. The evening of Yom Ha'atzmaut is very fun. Many towns have celebrations with music and traditional folk dancing. Some host concerts with famous Israeli musicians. And there are plenty of fun things to eat like hot corn and cotton candy. On the day of Yom Ha'atzmaut, most people will do picnics with barbecued meat, hummus, salads, and pita, of course. Mmm, ala esh. That's Hebrew for barbecue. So what's next? Okay, the second most important day in Israel is Pesach, or Passover, which is the celebration of the Israelites' exodus from Egypt. It lasts for seven days. It's celebrated in March or April, and has a special holiday meal called the Seder to open and close it. The word seder means order in Hebrew. And the meal is called this because there's a lot of ceremony that goes along with it. There's even a special book called the Haggadah that tells you what to sing, when to recite, what to read, when to drink, and of course when to eat. So everything you do during the seder is in remembrance of God's faithfulness in bringing the Israelites out of slavery. It's a lot of fun. And the seder can take a long time, especially if you go through the entire Haggadah. Some families choose to do only their favorite or most meaningful parts of the seder, but traditional families will go through the whole thing. My favorite part is the songs. And the best song, I think, is Manishtana Halayla Hazeh, which is traditionally sung by the youngest child at the seder. This song asks the question, what is different about this night from all other nights? Another great part of the setter for children is the search for the afikoman. Afikoman is a word that comes from Greek that typically means dessert. But in the setter, it's called this because it's the last thing to be eaten. And many parents use this to try to keep the kids awake through the whole long setter. One of the adults takes the middle of the three ceremonial matzias, breaks it in half, wraps it in a cloth, and hides it somewhere in the house. 
Then the kids are allowed to go and search for the afikoman, and the one who finds it can ask for a reward. We should also mention that during the entire Pesach holiday, you're only allowed to eat matzah, which are these big square or circular pieces of unleavened bread. This is to remember that when the Israelites left Egypt, they had to do so quickly. Yes, and they weren't allowed to let their bread rise. So God told us that during Pesach, we're not to use leaven in bread, and that we must clean our houses from all of it. Many Israelis use this as an opportunity for spring cleaning. They clean the house from top to bottom, making sure that not even a crumb of bread can be found anywhere. So there's no bread to be found anywhere during Pesach, unless you really try to go out of your way to find some. Supermarkets block off all the sections in the store that have anything that's not kosher for Pesach. Sometimes I end up traveling around the entire supermarket looking for something I want, only to find out that it's been covered up. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of traveling, most people have the entire week of Pesach off, so they use this long vacation to travel within Israel or abroad. Yes, and it's the best time during the year to get stuck for hours in Pesach traffic. <laughs> Indeed, people love to go hiking or camping during Pesach, because it's such a long holiday and the weather is usually quite nice. Unfortunately, most of Israel goes to the north of the country, which makes traffic a frustrating side effect of this holiday. Yeah, there are only so many roads you can travel on in Israel, so we all get stuck in the same traffic jam. But we're not stuck here, so let's move on to number three. The third most important day in Israel is Yom Kippur, the holiest day for Jewish people. Yom Kippur is definitely an important day, and religious Jews would consider Yom Kippur the most important day of the year. But since we're taking into consideration all of Israel's population, we place it at number three. Yom Kippur can also be called the Day of Atonement in English. It's a 25-hour period of fasting and praying where you have a chance to make your last appeal to God before He seals your fate for that year. According to Jewish tradition, God decides whether you're righteous or wicked at Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and you have until Yom Kippur to repent of your sins and get your life straight with God. Many Israelis take part in Yom Kippur in one way or another, even if they're not religious. Some will fast and others may attend services at their local synagogue. The religious Jews take Yom Kippur very seriously. They'll fast from everything, even water, and they'll spend most of the day in the synagogue praying and repenting of their sins. They'll also wear white to symbolize purity. Just like on Shabbat, work is strictly forbidden on Yom Kippur. Almost all of Israel shuts down from Yom Kippur evening to sundown the next day. Yes, there are no cars driving on the roads, and no shops are open. And because there are no cars on the road, secular Israelis take advantage of this by going out on the streets to walk or rollerblade or ride their bicycles. It's quite an experience. I love going out for a walk on Yom Kippur. It's surprisingly quiet because of the lack of cars and the pensive atmosphere. And yet there's so much activity throughout the city. But you won't see any food outside. No, definitely not. You don't want to offend anyone who is fasting. And for that reason, we also don't cook on Yom Kippur. It wouldn't be nice for those who are fasting to smell other people cooking food all day long. Okay, moving on to the last two most important holidays in Israel. Ooh, which one is number four? So coming in at fourth place, we have Rosh Hashanah, which we've already mentioned. It's celebrated on the first two days of the Jewish month of Tishrei 
This is usually sometime in September. This is the day when the Jewish calendar starts a new year. So, Amir, what are the traditions associated with Rosh Hashanah? Well, first of all, it's a very family-oriented holiday, much like Pesach. One of the traditional things to do at the family feast is to dip apples in honey. I'm guessing that that symbolizes something. Of course it does. It's supposed to symbolize our wish for a sweet new year. Aww, that's sweet. <laughs> I guess it is, in more ways than one. Another tradition is going down to a place where there's flowing water and emptying out your pockets. This is a symbol of casting off your sins. That's a custom I've never heard of. <laughs> probably because it's hard to find running water in Israel. Yeah, probably. Okay, I think we should move on to number five now. Sure. So in fifth place, we have Sukkot. This is celebrated on the 15th day of the Jewish month of Tishrei. And it's the last of the high holidays. That's right. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot are called the Jewish high holidays. Sukkot is another seven-day holiday, and a joyful one at that. It's often called the Feast of Booths, or Feast of Tabernacles in English. The whole holiday is centered on the Sukkah, or booth. Indeed. We're commanded to live in these booths for the entire holiday, to remember what life was like for the Israelites when they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Do people actually live in the sukkah? Some do. Some will eat and sleep in the sukkah. I've noticed that these booths all look very similar, and they're decorated really beautiful inside. Well, sukkot is supposed to be a very joyful holiday, so we decorate the inside of the sukkah with lots of fall colors and fall fruits. Well, we hope our holiday rundown was interesting for you. This was just a sampling of all the holidays and important days Israel has in store for you. Thanks for starting your Israeli journey here with us at HebrewPod101.com. Litraot. Bye.